dive into the pod like RFK off a 10-foot cliff. <laughs> I should have expected that. Could have seen it coming. Could be president one It day. was like a boomerang. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's slow. It's slow motion. He's old. He's old. All right. We're not talking politics today. Today, I want to kick things off. The Sphere. Sphere is open. You guys seen The Sphere? You know what I'm talking about? Have you, how could you not see The Sphere? Yeah, I saw The Sphere. Me and all 27 people who crashed <laughs> <laughs> due to seeing The Sphere know about The Sphere. Wait, so just for our listeners, like, can you provide, Trey, a little bit of background or Clara on The Sphere? This is kind of a topic yeah. du jour. It is what empires build. Right. So... The context that I have is there is a new entertainment venue taking over the landscape of Las Vegas. Uh, it comes to us from the brilliant mind of the man behind Madison Square Garden. Some would say brilliant. Some would Most say brilliant. Most would say not. Most would yes. say, uh, doesn't he own the Nets as well? Knicks. The or Knicks. the Knicks. Yeah, infamously. Right. Um, and this venue has been open for all of one week or so. Yeah. There is a U2 residency currently happening, currently underway. A cool 10 mil to perform uh, there. They're also going to debut um, a new film by Darren Aronofsky. Basically wow. inside and outside. There are, it's basically one giant screen. It's the highest resolution screen in the world at 19,000 by 13,500 pixels. And it seats 18,000. Until next year when Dubai creates something. Oh my God. No, I thought that was the plan. Oh, it's in the UK. They're going to have another one or they're building another There's one. There's also going to be one or is one in Burbank, a mini sphere. I mean, do you guys have thoughts on, you know, U2 being the band <laughs> opening? <laughs> do you have thoughts on U2? What year is this, 1984? No. I mean, I do. I thought it was interesting. I would, Do either of you listen to Bandsplain? No. Not no. to, you know, shout. Well, Friends we'll shout pod, another podcast. Pod. Yeah. But um, Bandsplain is hosted by Yossi Selick. She's like a music writer. But I, my experience of the sphere was via her Instagram stories, and I think she was in a box with Diplo or something like that. Mm, but it fitting. does look, I know, <laughs> it does look kind of like it. It is interesting, sort of the experience that they're able to create with like the surround sound. Do you know what are those things called, like in air and space museums, where they have like the they show you space movies? IMAX. No. Oh, oh my man. gosh! You I was trying to remember it yesterday. Right, um, we'll, we'll circle we'll back, circle back to up, that, but. I think it looks, I mean, it is really interesting, but it's just sort of like the entertainment Death Star in Las Vegas. I don't yeah. know. Like, there's something kind of Planetarium. ominous looking about it. Planetarium. Planetarium. Exactly yes. Said, yes. Right. It's a geodesic dome, a la Buckman Buckminster Fuller. Uh, I just feel like whenever, you know, something is inflicted upon the public they didn't ask for, you two is somehow involved, whether it is like... <laughs> That's a good that's point. A good point. A surprise yeah. iPod drop or uh, residency at a new venue that everyone's talking about. But I, I actually feel like it's, you would be, it would be tough to like not enjoy your time at the Sphere. Like looking at the videos on YouTube, it's like even if you're not a YouTube <laughs> sphere fan, shill. <laughs> even yeah, shilling for the Sphere, why not? Even if you're not a YouTube fan, like there's something there's there something for, for you. you. <laughs> <laughs> there's one of 19,000 pixels there for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly there's probably like other bands or musicians I'd like to see see play there but it's interesting when we What's think about who like, who would you want to see i don't know like who was who has an imagination that could fill the sphere well i guess that's the thing right i don't did either of you watch i remember when i was really little i went to see the u2 experience in three actually imax with my dad my dad's a big Willingly. u2 guy well i was you know i was like 
13 or 14, but it was cool because I'd never seen Old a concert. Old enough to make your own decisions. <laughs> well, you know, but okay, sure. Maybe I was a little bit younger than that, but um, it is interesting because I think U2 is sort of one of those, what you'd think of as being like a stadium rock band. And are they? I guess so. Yeah, I, I mean, like so. they are kind of so. known for like that Phil type stadium. of like, yeah. yeah, like fill a stadium with sound, with sound and with lights bands. and like, yeah, you know what I'm, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> lean in, Trey, lean into this story that I'm, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess you could say like pop star, like Dua Lipa. Yeah. Elliot Smith. But you know what I mean? Like, and maybe I'm not making this point well, but how many artists have as much of like a full sort of visual audio whatever experience to their concerts and how much of it is like here's me in my new coperny dress doing like the tiktok dance you know like because i do think the people themselves are pretty small in the sphere yeah i mean it sees eighteen thousand. like that is kind of that is an arena yeah it is an arena i was i was reading this bloomberg piece that came out like a few weeks ago and it talks about the sound system so just bear with me while i read this out loud Talking about James Dolan. Then he took a seat while others described the way the audio system would use algorithms to ensure that the howls of a lead singer or the bowing of a string section sound the same to everyone, no matter where they sit. Tell them about the seats, Dolan interrupted, spurring an explanation of how they'd been designed to replicate human skin. So the sound... <laughs> it's giving... Um, Wait, the seats the are human skin? <laughs> to replicate human skin. I know What's you're about book? to... S- What's that book? Tender is the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> Tender is the flesh. Tender um, is the sphere. Yeah. <laughs> it rubs the lotion. Okay, so designed <laughs> to replicate human skin. So the sound in the arena won't change no matter how many seats are filled. He then sat back, grinning at times, as his staff cranked up the system to play demos featuring the Beatles, J-Lo, Pitbull, and U2, a real array, before closing with a rendition of Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody that swelled to a deafening crescendo. If you want to blow your ears out, we'll blow your ears out, Bolin boasted. Dolan boasted. So, I mean, it sounds like an absolutely transcendental experience. I feel like one <laughs> one you'd think would be like, it's oh, my God, I'd bath. love to see, like, Tame Impala or, like, Pink Floyd band, like, tribute band here. <laughs> one could say the, that. The <laughs> Not that Eli's saying that. Skins, but <laughs> and the skin seats, but I don't know. Nothing feels better than sitting on the <laughs> dried skin flesh of a... <laughs> I know. Sitting on the callus of the sphere seat. <laughs> Letting the soft, soft sounds of Team Apollo. I was actually you. Did you know it's one guy? Kidding. Shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it's like it's like a classic like straight guy line, like mm. you're at a bar, God forbid. It's like, oh yeah, you like Team Apollo, you know it's one guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just one Team Apollo. He's only one. He's tame enough for the rest of us. I him. was seeing though social media chatter about how <laughs> like jokes, I guess, about how Finally, someone had created a stadium that was like the worst possible venue for acoustics. <laughs> no, I think it's really, really good. It's a giant screen. Where does the sound go? Into the I don't know. Fleshy everywhere, seats? Everywhere. <laughs> it's the best sound system in the world. Try. I mean, I think it's interesting because it does seem like almost religious to an extent. Um, okay. <laughs> well, it does. Think about like it from the outside, too. Like the outside has LEDs that you can project off of and inside you're like totally enveloped with screens and I think it's interesting because like three years ago I was like oh my god like Fortnite Fortnite that's where all the big concerts are going to be and no one's going to do anything IRL and now we have like both versions of that on steroids at the sphere I don't know and you said culture is in decline well no I think that for a while we've been kind of tracking that basically culture right now (laughs) is synonymous with concerts interesting yes you know like nothing else really has been 
in the news as much as concerts have this recently with tourflation and the Renaissance tour and the Taylor Swift tour and whatever Taylor Swift is doing now and ticket fees and blah, blah, blah. So I think that has kind of culminated in the sphere experience where it's both very timely for it to launch now, as well as just kind of continuing that cultural conversation in a very like it kind of puts a location to it and kind of anchors it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously because brands want to always be reacting to and or pushing and creating culture, I think it provides a great opportunity to spend 450 K starting price to <laughs> <laughs> advertise on the sphere. Yeah. That's the other sort of insane part of it. Cause when was it all those photos started coming out of the sphere is an eyeball. The sphere is the globe. The Maybe sphere like July. Is, yeah. I mean, it almost didn't happen because I think COVID, it's obviously been under construction for a while. You don't just pop this bad baby up in uh, <laughs> in like a couple of months. But I think COVID like really drove up the price, allegedly, of like cost and labor. And it was just, you know, under the threat of becoming a white elephant. And a white elephant is basically like all of these cities around the globe who host the Olympics. They build these like massive stadiums and they're very lavish and luxurious. And then they like never get used ever, ever again. Um, but something like this, I don't know. Who knows? I feel like it'll be used. I don't know. I mean, there it is kind of funny, though, just the sort of, like, you know, like the Ozymandias thing of it all of, like... Ozymandias. Yes, whatever his name. Yes, you know. <laughs> Ozymandias. Wait, I don't it's like the, How often do you think about Ozymandias? <laughs> it's like the poem. Is it... Oh, my God. Now I shouldn't have brought this up, but is it the Keats poem? Is it a Keats oh, poem? Oh, I don't know. But it's like the it's like oh, the poem. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, but okay. you know what I mean? It's the poem about the guy, and he builds the statue to himself, and then the statue is, like, crumbling. But it's basically about, it's a, like— It's a Percy Shelley poem. Wow. Ozymandias by John Keats. That's <laughs> not even his real name. But um, I don't know. Like, I guess— to the point about it becoming a white elephant and all of these random, like, wasn't Madison Square Garden? Like, all of these things are, like, the height. All of this to say, all these things, like, these new buildings, these new studios, these new technologies are all at, like, the height, height of their importance and relevance right now. And with how quickly technology seems to develop and innovate, the idea of investing billions of dollars into building something that will, with in all likelihood, be dated in 20 years is kind of crazy. You know what I mean? It's like, going to be like the last scene of Planet of the Apes. Like the only thing visible <laughs> is the sphere. You did. They really like, did it. <laughs> but do you know what I mean though? Like I feel like that is the funny thing about like to the extent you're trying to like modernize the concert experience or like modernize these IRL experiences. Even going to see, I don't know, like an IMAX movie or like these like 4D movies that when I was in high school were like the height of like, oh, this is so cool. And now it just feels like, oh, you could see any movie in 3D if you really were that desperate. Like <laughs> Going to see Joni Mitchell at the Sphere. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whatever happened to real music? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I think, yeah, it is kind of to your point, this like next step of evolution for, you know, I, th- I think Disneyland and Disney World and Epcot and whatever these kind of futuristic ideas were of immersive experiences where not even the ride itself was like the thing, but the wait and the journey to get there was surrounded by these like immersive interactive touch points and, and stuff like that. I think that um, that has kind of reached its peak. Like Disneyland is extremely washed for lack of a better but word. There's now. so much good 
TikTok content of like Disney parents being like, so we woke the kids up at 5 30 a.m. ready to go itinerary. Here's the trick to skipping the line. Right. But I think like that hasn't really been brought to the concert experience yet, where there is this part of the concert experience where you are like checking in and going through security and having your bags checked and like buying your $40 beer and looking at the merch stand and stuff. And if all of that is now paired with like a TikTok attention span sphere pixel video to like distract you or, and you know, entertain you while you file into your fleshy seat, like that is that yeah, is like watching cool. subway subway rider or whatever it is like on the side of the sphere screen. Oh my god, subway surfer. Yeah, subway surfer. All right. In other news, Paris Hilton and uh, the platform X, formerly known as Twitter, has have signed a special revenue sharing deal um, with Paris's company. Excuse me, Eleven Eleven, and it includes a custom hashtag for a word that. Hilton has been trying to popularize since at least 2019, quote, sliving. Uh, the two will work together to create four original video content programs per year. That includes live shopping, along with a host of new activations uh, across all services of X. I don't really know what those other services are, but another another desperate bid for uh, X relevancy and... Uh, yeah, I have a theory, which is that there are two celebrities that every brand goes to for a collaboration, and one of them drives, like, press all the time, drives sales, drives, like, intrigue and interest, camp comments, and one does the opposite. And the two people I'm going to name, and you have to guess which is which, one is Martha Stewart, and one is Paris Hilton. What was the first option? Headlines? Yeah, so, like, one of them, I think, drives headlines, genuine interest, sales, like, this is camp comments, which could be said for either, but who do you think I'm talking about? You don't? Okay. Well, like, Martha? Yeah, I think Martha, like, genuinely drives sales amongst a plethora of different cross-generation, you know, like, she spans multi-generations, she's, like really leaned into this authentic personality now where I do think that Paris Hilton has kind of like stunted herself by coming out with that documentary that was like very vulnerable and authentic and kind of was saying how her like sliving personality was sort of a, you know, a put on for the whole (laughs) first half of her life or whatever. And now she's like just going back and forth, you know, oscillating between that and like the authenticness. So I just don't really understand I don't know. Nothing I've seen Paris Hilton do. I've been like, that's cool. That's hot. She had apes. Remember? There's that whole thing <laughs> on Jimmy Fallon where she was showing him. Like, oh, she right. had like Boy NFT apes. era. Yeah. Yes. I I agree with you. I think Paris Hilton and not to. I, for what it's worth, I like Paris Hilton. Oh, same. But I want her to be successful. And I, I do too. And I'm happy that she's able to be authentic about what. Her experience was like growing up and being in the public eye. But I agree with you. I feel like there's always something slightly off about the fact that she has been so, I don't know, vulnerable in that way. And yet in all of her brand deals is leaning back into that persona that she says was so contrived and also so isolating. She's denounced it. And it's like it's also it's interesting too. like there's been I don't know, not like Mariah Carey is necessarily in totally the same category, but like. 
I think of her as being also someone who like leans into like very much always her own lane of like, oh, it's Christmas and here I am again, Mariah Carey. But yeah, where it's like you you know the bit, like somehow the bit is the same with every single commercial that you see them in or like, oh, I'm a bit of a diva, like don't tell anyone type of thing. Where I think Martha Stewart and, you know, I feel like you could say this of anyone who's a really good entertainer, but I feel like all of her spots are even like doing the Sports Illustrated shoot or anything like that. It's always very surprising and it feels right fresh where i don't feel like i've been like surprised by anything paris hilton has done with the exception of the documentary which i thought was very yeah with the exception good. of ape number <laughs> oh eight five seven but even that I mean, it's yeah. like it with everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah everyone was even larry david for god's sake was in like that okay, swirl of let's not bring him in. okay <laughs> well all i'm saying is you know, know he never owned it he never if owned you want to have the conversation <laughs> we can I think, have I mean, a conversation i think it's interesting from the like stop trying to make x a thing standpoint like she will be the second high profile name i think f- uh after, after ron DeSantis. no no after well yeah okay maybe third after i was gonna say tucker carlson yeah, tucker. who will have like, <laughs> moved a content series over to the platform and it's interesting because i guess like the draw is you know mass reach and direct communication with your community yada yada but i mean the tucker the tucker show has been an absolute and utter flop and also it's like there's an article that came out recently that all of the metrics on twitter video are like a scam i guess most metrics are a scam to be honest with you but it's yeah i don't know i'm curious how it'll actually go and also like live shopping seems like a third rail for every celebrity to enter i'm sorry but like when has when has the live shopping thing ever worked i don't know well i was going to ask in the context of like tiktok too because i don't know if we talked about this yet i don't think we have but tiktok has started to roll out sort of in force it's in-app shopping and i'm curious how or whether it's affected at all. Like, not that I'm on TikTok super compulsively, but the times that I am, I feel like live shopping, and I couldn't necessarily speak to this as much for X, but I feel like it overtakes the interface in such a way, in the same way that happened on Instagram when they rolled out, like, Instagram shop. But I think that it puts so, it makes it so commerce forward that when you're looking at content that isn't shoppable content, and, like, algorithmically, I'm sure it's also sort of deprioritized, but... I don't know. I I have my own grievances about live shopping as a social media platform pivot. Just broadly, I feel like it's done a lot to take away from like regular consumer content and like also jokes on <laughs> like every platform. And I think Twitter was sort of the last vestige of that of a platform that hadn't been touched in so many brand heavy ways. And I don't know. I feel like that's slipping away every day i for one am shocked that the user experience is the thing that is less prioritized when (laughs) what is it just like whenever this happens on every social platform it's like i'm shocked that the user experience is not the first and foremost thought (laughs) on everyone's (laughs) mind here like (laughs) are you being sarcastic yeah 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 (laughs) yeah like what they they aren't thinking about the user experience like it's annoying it's annoying that's annoying helpful i'm annoyed yeah yeah i just i think that the only tiktok shop or social shopping thing that is genuinely successful is tiktok live like gifting where Mm -hmm. you're literally buying a creator and you're paying them to act in absurd ways that are like so engaging or 
enticing that you feel like spending your money to like show them your appreciation for playing a robot or whatever. So the other thing that's been on my mind recently is a show that's absolutely popping off on Max, formerly HBO, called Naked Attraction. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you watched it? Oh, I've seen that show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, so just reading a bit from The Hollywood Reporter. For the uninitiated, Naked Attraction is a British dating show where a picker selects between six fully nude contestants who are gradually revealed from the feet up. And then they embark on a clothed date. And, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to kind of parse what this says about the current moment, that this is, like, a extremely popular show on Max, other than the fact that, like... The writer's strike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, the writer's strike, formerly writer's strike. Um, but, yeah. It's just the same as TikTok live shopping or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. We'll slowly build a product. Bearing it all, for sure. I think it's interesting because in the past, I don't. Well, I watched Golden Bachelor last night, but I'll get into that later. But there was also a piece that came out about this latest season of Love Is Blind, and is the sort of trope or structure of that show played out? Um, But I think Naked Attraction is interesting because I feel like dating. (laughs) Yeah, you can't hide, and I feel like in both talking about love is blind but also with the golden bachelor i think some of these other franchises not that this is like a new show i think it started in like 2018 but i think this sort of challenge for dating shows is coming up with something that doesn't feel super contrived or like contrived to the extent that it's taking you out of what is supposed to be a realistic experience and i feel like naked attraction on some or whatever yeah naked attraction on some level is so basic and you it obviously is contrived and produced and like a lot of that stuff is also played for laughs, which is also just like kind of crazy. But I think to some extent, I don't know. I've been thinking about dating shows because I've been thinking about The Golden Bachelor. I don't know what that says about our current moment. I don't know what any of this I mean, says from like, a broader context. I think it's like you can't hide behind anything. Like what you see is what you get. There's no kind of like veneer or um, like facade that you can put up like that is you are the real article type of thing. But I think it's like, there is that, I guess, on some level, but I feel like to not even overcomplicate it, I feel like so much of dating shows is voyeurism and watching other people do things and whether or not you think they're acting or whatever it is, like watching people do things that are either like humiliating, embarrassing, watching them get cheated on, watching them do. And what I think is interesting about Naked Attraction is it just bears all of that out. Like these people are doing truly like, a very vulnerable thing but you're not even really they're not doing it so that you even empathize with them in any true way it's sort of played as if like oh can you believe these jokers and like that's true of any dating show but I think it's this show is interesting because there's absolutely no sort of whatever hang up or attempt to cover that up where I think Golden Bachelor on the flip side and I have much to say of this show puts a lot of emotional veneer over what is essentially the ex- like obviously the exact same premise but is like in some ways even more, I don't know, manipulative in some way. Like this guy actually has, you know, lived a life and isn't trying to get like a pretty little thing deal or whatever it is, you know. Well, but yeah, we can talk about we'll we'll delve into Golden Bachelor. But I just like thinking about how like being in the writer's room and someone's like, what if they were just all naked? And everyone's like, shut up, dude. Like we're not <laughs> doing the naked thing again. <laughs> 
Um, I think, yeah. though, what's interesting is you both are kind of saying in different ways, like, there is something positive about this naked attraction show, yeah, which it's is not the like, viewing experience, which is like people bearing it all, which feels to me like so not what I would think about it, which is that it's basically going to go down as one of those shows that was like so wrong for its era, like the swan where they're like commenting about how people should like fix their faces or something like the entire premise is basically like revealing people's private parts that people react to live. And it's like, look, his Willie. Like, I, not, you <laughs> well, know that's what I mean, mean is like, I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with you. I don't think that, I don't think that fatal attraction in the sense of being fatal, fatal attraction. attraction. Oh my yeah. God. I don't think that I can't say anything correctly today. And I'm really sorry, but I don't think that naked attraction is a net good or like is a sign that, TV is getting more authentic or people viewers <laughs> want more authentic TV. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there is anything to it in like a sense of like, Oh, this is a good thing. I think that it will go down as like, wow, people will really watch anybody do something that's that vulnerable. Like whether it's like, I don't know, get like slut shamed in the fantasy suite. Right. Or, you know, like I think there's a lot of that in TV in general is all this to say. I think this just does a terrible job at covering it up which is interesting in of itself, but isn't meaningful. All right. Talk to us about Golden Bachelor and why it's important. In like well, it doesn't have to be important. <laughs> <laughs> so the Golden Bachelor is the latest franchise spin of The Bachelor. It stars... An old Jer man. No, he's... Okay, it's Jerry... His name is spelled like Jerry, but it's pronounced like Gary. He's a bachelor. His wife passed away a few years ago. He's ready for love again. All of the women in the show, I think, are above the age of 60. Um, so it's age-appropriate It's age-appropriate dating. There's been a lot of, oh, it's normalizing, you know, women at a young age still wanting to be pretty. It normalizes dating at an older age. Normalizes, Love normalizes, normalizes. <laughs> um, Finally, a real show about old people dating. Oh, I know, but it's like it has all of the, like, bachelor gimmicks of, like, the girl comes out of the car with, like, some insane one-liner or like it's like dance with me jerry and like or gary i can his name is gary <laughs> <All right. laughs> dance with me gary or whatever it is but he was like talking to one of the ladies and he's like oh yeah my granddaughter says i have riz like there's all this you know like Ew. there's all like, this like weird <laughs> shit <laughs> where and i want to like gary for what it's worth i don't think he's like a bad guy but the show still is what it is it's just like older people doing it which I guess is something in of itself. It's like the Golden Girls for the reality show. The bar show. is just so low. <laughs> but that's what I'm is like. There isn't anything like I don't think it's groundbreaking. I think from a representation perspective, sure. And I don't want to undercut that. Is but it? it? I mean, some people. I mean, I'm not 70 years You're old. If people are excited, well, no. I mean, that's the thing is, I'm not. I don't know. Maybe it is like helpful for somebody, but I don't feel any type of way about any of it. I honest. do think you're right, though. Like, there are some people in this country that are so earnest that they would see themselves in this content and be like, wow, I've been given permission to live a second life now because old women are getting dates with this hot guy yeah. or whatever. Exactly. But I feel like that's a whole other separate thing of, like, how easy it is to give that type of visibility in as little of an actually meaningful way as possible yeah. in a franchise like The Bachelor you know what I mean? That is so produced. And it's like, oh, we we noticed that women were feeling left out of the Bachelor franchise. We created Bachelorette to empower women. And it's like, 
bachelorette does not empower women, but like it's allowed or whatever. Like the idea that we're still basically aiming, or they are, I'm assuming, aiming for headlines that are like, first ever bachelor over the age of 50 normalizes old age. Like first ever minority, you know, person of color bachelorette. Like, and it's just like, are we still at this place in society or... Well, I think it's like a lot of these franchises, I guess uh, this to say I agree with you, I think you can see very clearly with The Bachelor that the show is trying to whatever, keep itself relevant or make itself relevant again or like get the right headline, which is exactly what you're saying. Like The Bachelor democratizes whatever. Like, And I feel like it to me as a viewer feels very transparent and I feel very sort of weird about that but to your point as well i think some people are earnest enough that it is impactful the majority of the majority of people majority of but i feel like this is to say like i feel like i'm coming at it probably from a different slightly more cynical standpoint but it does just feel like (laughs) exactly oh my god all right folks i think that'll do it for today thanks for chiming in See you next time. See you at the stairs. See you at the stairs. Close us out. Vertigo. (laughs) Yo, thanks for tuning in. Stay up to date with all things Day One FM by subscribing to our page on Spotify, following us on Instagram at D1A, and staying up to date with the latest trends and insights on D1A.com forward slash perspective.